0: I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. And let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This season in the church is a rather odd time. We call it ordinary time, a time where there is no real special celebration like Advent, Christmas, or Easter. Easter. Some find it difficult to speak of time and faith as ordinary, but if you think about it, we have a lot of ordinary days in our lives. Even still, God is the God of special days, and God is the God of ordinary days. So come journey with us. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted, and challenged as we listen to and for God's word together today. Hi, I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, and thanks for joining in to our sermon podcast today. We hope you find God's love, grace, and challenge as you listen to and for God's Word.
1: The gospel lesson this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, page 47 in your pew Bible. Listen for the word of the Lord. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, "'Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone else says to you, "'Why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately.'" They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches, and they they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything, As it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: So it was a couple of Sundays ago. I wasn't here. Uh, George Slayton filled in for me. And and at that time, I was down at South Mech Presbyterian helping with the installation service of Whitney Bears. She had preached for us, and uh, she actually got the call from when she was here. And so one of the things we have to do is install ministers to their new position. And so of all things, Whitney asked me to be the moderator of the meeting, which I always find hilarious because parliamentary stuff is not my gig. But being a part of that, I had to ask her the installation questions. So I'm standing in front of everyone, and, and I always have to, you know, when we have to do that for the elders here, I always kind of get a smile out of some of our questions that we ask. One of them being, will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Also, another question, will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Work for the reconciliation of the world. For the world. Do you hear that? That's big stuff, right? Work for the reconciliation of the whole world. That's big because the world doesn't get along too well with each other. But yet, we're asking people who do this job to work in their best way to reconcile the world and then to serve with energy. That's one thing. Intelligence. Come on. Imagination. And do it all with love, too? Wow. Everyone answers these questions the same way because we answer the way we know we're supposed to answer. I will or I do. I don't know what would happen if somebody said, nah, I'm passing on that one. I chuckle because I know that my younger self, when I did answer these questions, for the first time, to be installed, ordained, and installed, I suspect I had this amazing global imagination of what it meant that I was going to be about. I was going to be about reconciling the whole world. That means that even people in Uzbekistan would swoon at the mention of my profound theological insights gained and applied that I would be using all of my energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. (laughs) Never once in divinity school did anyone mention to me that serving people with energy, imagination, and love most often comes down to making sure that the heat is on in the fellowship hall for a community gathering on Saturday. Visiting with folks who may or may not even know that I'm in the room. Running sound for the worship service or helping to make sure that the nursery is staffed. Running around to make sure that we have enough crackers for everyone who is uh, for the chili cook-off for the youth. Stuffing candy and plastic eggs for children's activities, replacing the garage door opener at the manse, and of course, being an usher for the service, or being that phantom person who swoops in on a weekday unknown to most everybody else with ninja and precision to fix the fellowship hall's sound system so it doesn't distort anymore when people are talking in the microphones. All of these things, good stuff, good stuff. But it just doesn't seem like any of these things are going to bring about the reconciliation of the world, nor are any of these things bathed in a great sense of grand imagination. Recently, I read this article by Rachel Evans about millennials, you know those folks, those 20-something folks, about them coming to church or not coming to church, as the case may be. Oddly enough, listen to this. Research says 67% of all millennials like classic church over trendy. 77% would choose a sanctuary over an auditorium. Even still, Evans writes this. Many churches have sought to lure millennials back by focusing on style points, cooler bands, hipper worship, edgier programming, impressive technology. There you go, Shawnee, right there. (laughs) Yet they are not the key. These things are not the key to drawing millennials back to God in a lasting, meaningful way. Young people simply don't want a better show And trying to be cool might be making things worse. Reconciling the world using energy and imagination, intelligence, and hipper style points. Here's the funny thing. So here we are in this passage in Mark. With Jesus entering Jerusalem for this big grand parade Energy, imagination, this Messiah who's coming to bring us all out from under Rome. He's hip and he's cool. And Mark informs us that Jesus orders two of his disciples to to go grab him a donkey. That's a rather menial task, if you ask me. Something that, you know, in this day and age, we can reduce down to an app on our phone, and we can punch in and an Uber driver will show up at the corner in just a couple of minutes. It really doesn't take a great deal of imagination to go get a mule when you think about it. And it really isn't that hip or cool, if you're asking me. And yet the oddest thing for this mundane exercise of transport takes over half of Mark's version of Palm Sunday. Did you hear what Gigi read? She told all about that story and the main thing was about going and fetching this traveling beast. He tells the disciples where to go get it, what type of animal to procure, what to say if the mission gets interrupted by other folks. And think of this, this is chapter 11 in Mark. Just one chapter back, chapter 10. Two of the disciples, James and John, are trying to secure the best seats of power. Chapter 10, just one chapter back, they're saying, hey, Jesus, listen, I know the other 10 are over there, but just a thought. When you get into your kingdom, can James and I sit on the right and the left of you because, you know, we're we really, really, really want to be in power when your kingdom comes. So we know what they're thinking, right? Will you work for the reconciliation of the world? Will you show energy, imagination, intelligence, and love? Yeah, they're thinking about grand scale stuff. We'll do that. We would love to do that. Sitting in places of power, we'd love to be a part of that show. Choice seats to serve with energy, intelligence, and imagination, and love, of course. So it's sort of hilarious that in this story about waving palms and talking about hosannas with all the boisterous hollering of blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Many of those folks standing out there that day, you know, with the foam fingers, number one, Jesus, number one, Jesus, number one, Jesus, number one, will you seek and be about reconciling the world. Jesus, can we be in your kingdom? It all comes down to mark the dirty work of corralling a donkey. We in the church sell millennials short. We sell everybody short, I think. And we sell them a bill of goods when we try to say, that the church is really cool when it comes down to it. We're hip. We're doing world-changing, transformational stuff because most of the time, reconciling the world, serving people with energy and imagination and love, and sitting in God's kingdom preparing the way of the Lord comes down to people, visiting people in nursing homes, making sure that the battery in the van is charged up so the youth can go to Carillon, being here on a Saturday morning, early, early, giving up your time so you can help the scouts serve pancakes for breakfast, cleaning up after Wednesday evening, or being a member of the church and being there for someone in the church who was struggling with some loss in her life or his, or being there for someone who is generally having a sucky part of the journey. Sucky is a theological term. But honestly, there's nothing hip about any of that when it comes down to it. And none of these things are gonna knock the planet off of its axis. Mark is simply not trying to fool anybody today. He knows the hosannas and the preparing the way of the Lord. It's not so many times lights and glory as it often is performing humble task, routine tasks for one another. Mark knows this. He knows. He gets it. The disciples in Mark get a boat ready for Jesus to go out and preach for everyone. The disciples find out how much food they need so they can feed the 5,000. The disciples secure the room and prepare a table for the last supper. And today, the disciples have this profound duty of going to find a donkey. I don't know what younger ministers think when we're asking those questions about serving with energy and intelligence and imagination And when it comes right down to it, i got to be real honest, I don't remember what the younger me really thought all those years ago. I'm not sure what people hear when they join the church or when they become elders and we ask those questions. And I can't for the life of me know what those disciples were thinking way back early in Mark when Jesus said, follow me. No matter what grandiose ideas they may have had, Ultimately, preparing the way of the Lord comes down to being a really pragmatic sort of thing. Tom Long is a preaching professor. He's a preaching professor at this incredible university. Emory University in Atlanta. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Well, everybody can't work at Duke, (laughs) y'all. Anyways, Tom Long says it this way. We are called to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry, and it is his ministry, not ours, that ultimately counts. We are called to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry, and his ministry, not ours, is the one that ultimately counts. But we are but donkey fetchers, And Tom Long continues this way. Because we are donkey fetchers in ways often hidden from our eyes, preparing the way of the Lord, the routine, often exhausting, seemingly mundane donkey fetching details of our service are gathered into the great arc of Jesus' redemptive work in the world. Today, Mark wants us to know that this redeeming and reconciling the world often looks like donkey-fetching, speaking a quiet word to a lonely friend, spending time with someone who is coming, whose life is coming apart at the seams, sitting by someone's hospital bed, spending time and working with the children in godly play, dropping a few bucks in the plate to help the youth, Dropping a few more book books down on the table so a kid from the Ukraine can at least have a shot at life. Simply inviting a friend to church and pounding out a few desperate, hopefully grace-filled words on your laptop for a Sunday sermon. In Mark's world, preparing the way of the Lord, reconciling the world, employing energy, imagination, And love usually looks like standing in the slop and mire of some stable trying to wrangle a donkey for Jesus to ride. Talking about going from mortgage to mission today, several folks have said to me recently, it was more exciting with the capital campaign a few years ago than this one. Because, you know, putting up a new building was really exciting And paying off a mortgage isn't near as exciting as that. (laughs) No, it is not. I'm sorry. You know what it seems like? Donkey fetching. Donkey fetching. And when you think of it like Mark, donkey fetching is our way of reconciling the world. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's employing our energy and our imagination and our intelligence. So Rocky River... Here's the question for us all today. Will you, with your very own life, work for the reconciliation of the world? I hope we will with all we say and all we do. Because it's like donkey fetching for each and every one of us and all of us together. Thanks be to God. Amen. This is Neil Carter thanking you once again for listening to our podcast at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. You can also visit us at our website, complete with our online donations for those wishing to give. Come check us out at our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Or if you're in the Harrisburg, North Carolina area, feel free to drop in and visit us in person. Thanks again for being with us today.